Back here on one-on-one -on -one, New York's longest running sports call-in show, I'm Sam Davis, Thomas Aiello. Always honored to have Fordham women's basketball head coach Stephanie Gately with us on the show. Coach, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Oh, it's always a pleasure. I love being with you guys. <laughs> Let's get right into it. So we record this here. We're on Thursday afternoon, one day removed, of course, from your team scrimmage yesterday against Post University. So what are kind of your takeaways from that scrimmage as a whole? And what do you hope that your team can bring into the season from that scrimmage? You know, I, I just thought, Sam, that there was a lot of improvements from our closed scrimmage with Cornell. I was really just, I got to be honest, just disappointed. Even though we won by double figures against Cornell, I just didn't feel we played up to our level. We had been practicing so well, and it was probably our worst day. And you wouldn't have known it, you know, you know, in the scoring column, but I knew it from all the details. I, I told them if, if we 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 won't even, we won't have any chance to win any of those games, let alone compete, if that's the way we're going to play. And I think the kids took that challenge to heart and I saw much different, a much better effort in last night's game against post and post had just come away with a 14 point win at central, you know, so they had had already had one scrimmage under their belt. And so I was really pleased with the, the improvement and, you know, the contributions that everybody made from all different angles. Coach, I wanted to ask you about um, the backcourt of Asia Dingle and Anna DeWolf. Obviously, in the preseason, they've gotten a ton of buzz around the two of them. Obviously, people wanted to know how they're going to fit. And last night, for those that weren't there, Asia Dingle, I think, had almost seven or eight steals, I believe. I didn't have a, a scorecard in front of me, but she was close to it. So the defense, which what you have been emphasizing since your time here, how important is that going to be now that she's next to Anna? And how do those two pairing makes your team better? Well, the thing I loved about Asia joining our program is that it would have been very easy for Anna because, you know, when Asia was in the transfer portal, you know, I really respect the opinions of our kids, of you know, because they played against each other and, you know, chemistry and standards and and all the things that we're about are really important. And, and Anna was the first one like, yes, I love her. We got to bring her. And I, the one thing I loved about Asia was she had a lot of people saying, why would you go to Fordham, you know, when they got an All-American and Anna DeWolf? And she says, I want to be the best I can be. And she wanted to take on the schedule that we had. And so I love that both of them wanted to be with the best in order for us to be the best. And so what Asia gives us something that we ha just haven't had. Like we've been, you know, Sarah, Sarah Carpell has always been a solid defender for us. And it's just different. Sarah is steady and she's very detailed oriented, whereas you know, Asia has his instincts you just can't teach, not, you know, and you can't teach the speech he has either. So um, it's something that we see in some of our opponents, but we have never had. And so it's exciting to, to now have that. Now it's a matter of just making sure she stays out of foul trouble and, and picks her spots of when she can be more aggressive. I want to look ahead here to next week when you guys open up, of course, big one to start the season against Quinnipiac, a doubleheader at the Rose Hill gym, obviously the men's play afterwards as well. How excited are you for that environment finally opening up the season and how excited, excited is the team to get going here? Oh man, I, I, I think the kids are super excited. I don't know if they're, you know, they're excited for the first game, but they're also excited to play in front of people, you know, like, yeah. and, and Quinnipiac's picked to win the Mac. So, I mean, there's no, there's no gimme, you know, like it's just after every game there's, you know, you go to Quinnipiac and then you name it, you know, we're playing a, a, a tough team and a tough opponent, you know, every, every time we turn the page, so to speak on the last game. So, um, 
the important thing is to make sure the kids aren't too excited, make sure that they can play within themselves and not try to get ahead of themselves and just play compose. And, and I feel with the veteran group we have that we can expect that. So coach, you talk about uh, keeping the players under control with their mentality. Uh, how do you, how do you motivate them? How do you, I guess, control their, their psyches and say, Hey, we're just, we're just going out to play. We're doing our thing. How do you kind of keep all of that in the same ballpark? Well, when we come in the locker room, we always like to say, take a deep breath. And we just remind them that, hey, guys, this, you know, we're fortunate to be playing a game, you know, with everything we've been through the last couple of years. And, and our practices, as you've seen, you know, you've been to a few of them, Thomas, are so hard that the games seem easy. That's the fun time for them. So I think the games are the fun time. I'm like, I just tell them just everything we've been working on, just carry it over and have fun out there. Like, leave it out there. Like, this is what we've worked for, you know, so. It, you know, it's just a matter of like, I think they follow obviously the, the, the lead of their leader. And if I'm like, oh my God, guys, I hope you're ready. I'm like, no, we got this. You know, it's a quiet confidence of just go out there, play hard, play together and have fun, you know, and just, hey, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to miss shots. That's all part of it. That's, that's okay. Just move on to the next play and, you know, make sure you support each other. And it's a 40 minute game. It's not going to be decided in the first 10 minutes. So let's just, you know, again, let's learn and, and judge yourself with, you know, every time out. This is one-on-one Sam Davis and Thomas Aiello with head coach, Stephanie Gately. Coach, obviously a very difficult non-conference schedule. You guys have ahead, of course, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Baylor, Houston. You've heard the list, you know the list. But I wanted to ask, like, what was the reasoning? What was the thought process behind scheduling those kind of games? And what are you expecting to kind of get out of your team from that difficult non-conference schedule? You know, I've always used, Sam, that the non-conference as an opportunity to get ready for conference. And I just, and I keep going back and I've said this about, I, I want to say it was about five years ago when St. Louis had a really, really solid team, similar to ours, just had a lot of depth, had a lot of right people at the right positions and they didn't win the conference, but yet they didn't play a tough out-of-conference schedule. They they were a good enough team to be an NCAA team, but unfortunately, they didn't have any wins out of conference to help back it up. So I think if Lisa were to do that all over again, and I'm good friends with Lisa, I, I think she kind of kicks herself like, why didn't I schedule more? And so that's kind of what I decided. We, we, we did a deep dive into, you know, the Nets a little bit different, you know, than the RPI. And, you know, in the last six years, no team has made it to, as an at-large unless you've won a top 50 game. So, like, if we only play one top 50, we only have one shot, you know. Then And then you got to hope one of your teams in conference ha- has a really good out-of-conference and, and they fall within that top 50. So, I figure we've given ourselves, like, eight shots, you know, with eight teams mm-hmm. in that, and maybe they fall in that bracket. Um, maybe you pull off a couple, you know. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you got the Baylors in the top 10, but then – but you got some teams that, you know, playing them at home or playing them on a neutral site, you have a fighting chance to, to steal one or two. And so that was the reason behind it. I felt this team deserved the chance to play a schedule that puts them in a position for two opportunities to the NCAA tournament, whether it's by virtue of the at-large bid or by the championship. And coach, some of those teams, uh, like you said, Baylor's obviously one of them. They're ranked this year. Michigan State, Notre Dame, Arizona State, some of the teams you guys will be seeing this year and you're out of conference. And you obviously need the right horses to go along and lead you guys through those games. And your captains were announced on Instagram the other day, Anna DeWolf, Caitlin Downey, and Megan Johnson. 
uh, I just want to know what went into that process to selecting them as captains and what is their unique trait between the three of them? Like what's something that they all hold that say, we're going to make them the captain? You no, know, it's a great question, Thomas. I take captain very serious because you are an extension of both your teammates and your coaches. So you need somebody that has your back in that locker room. And that, you know, when things, you know, with this schedule, especially, you know, if, if, you know, we struggle with the schedule, we've got to have kids saying, that's right. You know, keep trusting, keep trust the process, trust the process. I need those kids in that locker room. And what we do is it's a combination of obviously how the coaches feel and all the team feels. So what we do is, um, you know, kids can nominate who they want for captain. We kind of put down, like, if you had three choices, who would your three be? And if it's close, and there's three close in votes, then what we do is those three players have to write a like kind of a letter to us saying why they feel they they deserve the role of captain. And and the three letters we got were were outstanding letters, like just great letters. Then they come in the interview with the coaches and each coach asks them a question. You know, it might be like, all right, you're in the locker room and somebody's complaining about the coaches. How do you handle that situation? Um, so we kind of kind of drill them on a few questions. Then there's also like a 10 pay, a 10, a 10 question sheet that says some things that, that'll be like, all right, if, who do you go to for on the court advice? What top three players? Who do you go for off the court advice? You know, who, who do you think is still standing when things are tough? And there's 10 different questions like that, that really, even though they aren't saying who's your captain, it's basically saying who your leaders are through the answers of those questions. So then we take all that information together and then that's how we make our decision. And then, you know, a, a few years ago, em, Emily Tapio created the captain's book and it was fantastic. I just, it was really, really good. So we kind of have developed that and each year, anybody that's a captain kind of includes a page into that book and we keep it so that when the new captains come, they have that book and then they'll leave their stamp on the program as well. Fordham was picked to finish third in the preseason poll for the A-10 behind Dayton and URI. So what do you expect from the A-10? What are you looking for? Which teams do you think will provide a little bit of trouble for your squad? Or what teams are you looking forward to or, or just looking at the A-10 scope as a whole? Well, this is my 11th year here, and I think this is the, the best I've seen the Atlantic 10. You know, And a part of that, obviously, is a tribute to the fact that a lot of kids are coming back for that COVID year, which makes their rosters really strong. So, um and the transfer portal has played a significant impact. So, you know, Dayton has three really good players back, you know, that are like six year seniors. And then you have Rhode Island who picked up Seton Hall's first team, all big East, and they picked up a transfer from NC state another one, I think from Mississippi state and then somebody from Providence. So they really worked the transfer portal really, really strong along with having the co-player of the year. Um, I got to be honest, Sam, I just think there's so much parity. It's hard to say like a UMass who's being preseason, I think six, you're like, okay, that that's a team that is, is a, could be first, you know, like in my mm -hmm. opinion, like that, that's a team that could be winning the trophy this year. So, and I, you know, there's some obviously in a rebuild with GW and George Mason because of new coaches. So they're going to be, you know, trying to find themselves, but both great coaches. So that'll happen. Um, it just depends how quickly. And then, and then you have the middle of the pack that's always dangerous with the St. Joe's and the Sal's and the Duquesne's, you know. So there's no easy game. I mean, I, I've always I always like the role of underdog. I'd rather be picked last, you know, and then sneak up on people. But when and but it also I, I take and look at being picked third, it's just the you know, the respect that everybody has for our program. You know, I think that we've earned that respect and we've earned, you know, being one of the top teams in the conference on a regular basis. 
Coach, you mentioned uh, recruiting, obviously, with other programs, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit or ask you, I should say, about recruiting here at Fordham and the amazing alumni network that you have at your disposal. Um, I want to bring up a name that you and I are very familiar with, Jason Harris, who is actually an assistant coach at Austin PA for their men's team. And Jason played here, obviously, in the late 90s, early 2000s on the Bavon Robin teams, and he made the transition with those teams to the Atlantic 10, but he actually brought you one of your first recruits in Danielle Burns. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like to have such a great alumni network and the, the, the Fordham family, if you will. What is that like to have at your disposal? Well, first of all, I love Jason, you know, and I just felt like when you recruit from a quality person, you're probably hopefully getting a quality person, right? And that's Danielle Burns was that, and so was her family. So um, I, I think you, you have definitely have to listen to your alumni and you know, for us, you know, our success has been overseas and the tri-state area. The only time we really will extend past that is an alumni, you know, or somebody that, you know, it's deeply connected and has a deep passion for Fordham because then you trust on their, you know, their instincts and, and, you know, what they have to offer. But um, it's definitely something, I mean, we get some random emails saying, Hey, take a look at this kid. And we're always going to follow up with it because there's always sometimes that, that little gem that's hiding somewhere that nobody knows anything about. I mean, our bread and butter has been, you know, the tri-state and, and international, but it is that network networking with our alumni or our donors that have children or friends that kind of might open us up to another kid that in a typical situation, we, we may not look into here with Coach Gately on one-on-one. -on -one. I want to talk about Anna DeWolf. We mentioned her a little bit earlier, but she obviously led the eight tenants going last season just as a sophomore. Where can she go this year? And what kind of are her goals heading into this year, being so impressive as a scorer just last season? I mean, great question. I mean, I think some of the things that you'll see is that, you know, that maybe you really won't notice is the leadership because she's grown as a leader. So you the outside person might not pick that up, but obviously the program and the kids and the coaches will pick that up. I really think the addition of Asia Dingle will make Anna's game better because I think it takes some pressure off of her. I mean, you got to now make a decision, you know, who, who am I matching up with? I got, I got, you know, Asia Dingle, Anna DeWolf and Kendall Haramaya, you know, like, so now all of a sudden, if you put the best defender on Anna, now your secondary defender is guarding either Asia or Kendall, and then your third defender is guarding the other one. So, you know, you're going to have a mismatch somewhere. You know, there's going to be an opportunity for somewhere. So I just think that Anna's game could grow because of that. I mean, she's played confidently in, in both exhibitions. Um, she, she's got a great work ethic. I work with her a couple times a week. We get together every game day. We shoot together. Um, she's somebody that just wants, you know to be the best she can be out there and she's a competitor and she's somebody that the kids respond to and respect and she's a great team leader and coach you also brought up uh kendall Haramaya, who's actually 26 points away from becoming a 1000 point scorer here in fordham history and anna obviously could challenge for that feat as well but a lot of history can happen this year between the two of them how special is that to you as a coach to see the growth that they've had from their first years here to where they are now? Well, you know, it's been fun. Like when, when I recruited Kendall, I went over there to, to look at some other kids and I just happened to go to her court and see her. And they have, it's, it's interesting over in New Zealand. I mean, every state has their state championship and the way New Zealand does, they basically have every state of every county in one, like it might be in the North Islands one year where it's all this, there was county winners with men, girls and boys 
all at one site for one week, boys and girls in like a 20 gym facility. So there's all these games going on at one time. So that's a great recruiting tool for me to go over and just to see how much Kendall has grown on and off the court and matured. Um, she's such a sweet kid. I mean, she's an incredible artist. I don't know if you've ever seen any of her artwork. She's an incredible artist. She's very talented. I think she's going to make good money overseas. Um, and I think one of the things she wants to do is, you know, help her family, which I'm really proud of. Her. You know, as, as far as Anna, I mean, when Anna came in, she was on all, I mean, it's interesting to go from the all rookie team and then be the player of the year. You know, usually you're the rookie of the year and um, you know, and, and so she doesn't win that, but then she comes back the next year and puts us, you know, puts us on her back, so to speak, averaging 20 points and is the player of the year. So, um, I just think I've seen great growth. I mean, and she shared the first year she shared that with, you know, it's Bryson, but Brie Cavanaugh, when she was here, you know, Anna had the pleasure of being able to kind of sit in the background a little bit and kind of learn about kind of what her role is. And then when Bree decided not to come back. Anna had to step in and take a new role. It took her a little while to be comfortable with that because she's not, she wasn't used to that. So I think she's, I think now she's grown into it. I think now she's comfortable with it. So now I think she'll continue to improve. Defense has always been kind of the ideology with this group. I mean, your, your teams have been ranked top 40 nationally in defense all 11 years you've been coaching for them. So can you just talk about how important defense is to your group and does that really start? And I think it does in preparation and practice as we've seen. Oh yeah, I mean, we have so many different things we do to motivate them defensively. We have the defensive Cheney chart named after, you know, um, John Cheney, the former coach at, at Temple. We have the wheel of defense where they're trying to develop points to get the wheel, get a spin. I mean, there's so many different things we have to challenge them defensively. When Kendall was a freshman, her defense was so bad, I took the D out of her name because she had no D in her game. And I'm, I told Anna, I've, I've been calling Anna E-Wolf, and I, I don't call her D-Wolf because you got to get D in your game before. <laughs> Any D in your name. So, I love that. Yeah. So, love that. Yeah, yeah. So we've been, you know, we have a fun way of reminding them of, you know, what will, what they need to do to stay on the court. Like Sarah Carpell is a great example. I mean, Sarah has been, so, done such a great job this year coming in so composed offensively and defensively like she's hard to take off the court because she does so many different things and she's more confident offensively and and I think you know her defense is so solid um you know that she gets it so some sometimes our best lineup may be with four guards where we can pressure a little bit more and get after it and then you know you know go with like one big you know and 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 that might be our best lineup down the line. I don't know that because right now we haven't really spent a lot of time on that, but that, you know, that could come into play because it gives you the flexibilities to do some more things from a pressing standpoint and take it, take advantage of your overall speed. Now, coach, I wanted to ask you because obviously a lot of people do not know what game planning is like for a head basketball coach at a collegiate program. What is, what is game day like when you're going through all the notes and, what goes into that? I'm very curious to know what goes into that. Well, game day is actually the easy part. It's it's the lead up to game day because you're breaking down a couple of films. Like as soon as I get off this call, I'll sit with my assistant to break down. We both watched a couple of films on Quinnipiac. We'll both show our clips. We'll decide on what clips we want to show. Then we'll create the scouting report for the team, you know, and then what will happen is we'll do films with the kids on Sunday, you know, before practice. And they'll understand, you know, they'll go through the scout. And then we have our scout team. We have uniforms like our 
you know, the kind of like jerseys and we put the number of who that we're, we're playing them to be in practice, you know? So there's a lot of things that go into it. We try to make it as game-like as possible. Um, just so when the game comes, you know, like I, I say this all the time, like, like I, that's why I was angry at the Cornell situation because our scout was a lot better than Cornell. And yet we went harder against scout than we did Cornell. And I didn't understand that. And I said, we have to see no name on the Jersey. You know, we have to respect all, but fear none. You know, you can't fear anybody with the schedule we're playing. If as soon as you let fear come in, then you've lost before you started. So, hey, respect them. You can't fear them. Just got to leave it out there. The game's not played on paper, you know? So like, it just, you know, I just think chemistry has a lot to do with the team's success. And this is one of the best, if not the best teams I've had as far as chemistry. Coach, just one more to get you out of here because I know you're very busy. Like you said, you got your meeting coming up, so we don't want to, don't want to waste too much of your Problems. time here. I like looking at some handsome faces. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Love that compliment. But anyway, you have multiple coaches on your staff that have played with for you in the past. So can you just talk about that and what it means for you to kind of have some very familiar faces on your coaching staff? Well, it, the great thing about that is it's is that you have a, an example right next to you that bought into everything you've taught, you know, and, you know, both Lauren and Anita were champions, you know, they, they played for championship teams and Anita was on the team that we had the nation's number one defense. And it was a team that gave up 51 points a game and went to the NCAA tournament as an at large bid. And it was probably one of my least talented teams, but the chemistry was so good and their, and their buy-in to defense was so good that we were able to really, really surprise some people, which says, you know, you can get it done with some limitations, but um, seeing them being able to share with our kids, not only the values off the court, because they're both just terrific people and just saying, Hey, you know, coach does it the right way. She really will genuinely care about you. She'll be hard on you, but she'll be there for you. You know, she's going to guide you. And after, after you're done playing, she's going to help you in any way. And they're, great example of that. Like Anita, Anita is a mother of three kids and, and three daughters and has a grandchild. And she went through some very difficult times with her mom and her dad. And, and I was there with her every step. And, and so she can offer that and say that this is true. Like she's in her forties and I've stayed in touch with her throughout the, her whole time, life. She actually was an assistant for me a couple of years at Monmouth. Um, so like it's just having people that have, you know, that can sit there and say, Hey, I'm proof that one, it's definitely beyond the court for coach. It's definitely about the person for coach. It's not just about the basketball. And two, they've seen the commitment to defense pay off in championships. And so they're able to, to vouch. Now on the other end, Anita is pissed because I do 10, the kids do 10 times less running than she ever did. <laughs> You're so easy on this group. You were so much harder on us. So I'm like, Oh, come on, Nita. you got to change with the times, baby. You got to change with the times. These are millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Fordham women's basketball coach, Stephanie Gately. We are so pumped for this season. A lot, very close-knit group that we're excited to watch. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, Coach. Oh, I appreciate you guys. You guys are great. And, and all, you're, all you do for us, we really appreciate it, too. So it works both ways. Thanks so much. We'll Thank be you. right back here on One on One, New York's longest-running sports call-in show. Stay with us. Thanks, guys.